my name is Chris Jones. I want to welcome you to episode two of Christ and Culture podcast. There was a husband and a wife, and the husband was very sick, so the wife took him to the hospital and the doctor checked him out. Then the doctor asked the wife to come to his office so they could have a consultation about what was wrong with her husband. He explained that if she wanted her husband to live, she not only had uh, to do a lot of stuff, but if she didn't do these things, he would only live for a month. She would have to pamper him, wait on him hand and foot, not challenge or argue with him. The husband needed absolute rest and no stress whatsoever. If the husband did any work or moved around much or got upset about anything, he would surely die in a month. The doctor asked if she understood these conditions and the wife assured him that she did. So the wife came out to her husband and he asked her, so what's the matter with me? Am I going to die? And the wife said, yes, honey, I'm afraid you only have a month to live. Well, any good doctor gives the diagnosis before the prescription. We must know the illness before we can treat the malady. Today, I want to introduce you to two people that Jesus encounters. In both of these people, even though they seem so completely different, they really have the same problem. And we typically don't connect these two people. We find them in John's Gospel, one in John chapter 3 and one in John chapter 4. One is an outcast in every way possible, and one is an insider in every way possible. But we'll notice that both the insider and the outsider have things in common. Matter of fact, they have one major thing in common. So I want to take a minute and introduce you or reintroduce you into uh, these uh, particular characters. Let me begin with John chapter 4. Jesus is weary and tired, and he stops at a well because he is thirsty. But it's just not any well. It's in Samaria, a place where no Jews were welcome and no good Jew would want to go. And Jesus encounters a woman, not just any woman, a Samaritan woman. It's 12 p.m., and this is not the time women come to get water. And Jesus asks this woman for water. Now, this woman's shocked for various reasons. Number one, it's a male talking to a woman in public in the first century, which would be strange. And it's a Jew talking to a Gentile, which is even stranger. And Jesus says he has something called living water that he could give her. Now, in the ancient world, they would understand living water to be running water. And running water, flowing water, would be even more um, advantageous than having water from a well. But Jesus is not talking about physical water. He's talking about something much deeper. Jesus does something strange. He tells this woman to go and call her husband. Now, what he's doing is putting his finger on the pulse the woman was currently living with a man, and this man was not her husband. And that would be really scandalous for that time. Matter of fact, she'd been married five times. So Jesus points this out to her. Now, the Lord had been nice and gentle to this woman. He had not called her out, but now he challenges and confronts the idols of her heart. Now, let us think for just a moment. She was to the Jews a racial outcast. She was a moral outcast because of her sin. She was a religious outcast because basically she was a heretic. But Jesus reaches across all those barriers to prove to her a deep truth that she needs to hear. I read from John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. Jesus says, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus tells us that I have something so basic, so needed. Just as you have to have physical water to live and survive, I have this spiritual water. Uh, that if you don't have this spiritual water, you will be ultimately lost. 
And now we have the doctor giving the diagnosis to the problem, and he gives the cure. The lady had looked for things outside of herself to give her ultimate meaning and purpose. In her case, relationships with men had been kind of a means to the end here, where she wanted to be loved and accepted and had this deep inner thirst. And we all have a deep inner thirst. We have a drive to achieve things and this anxiety. Sometimes it couches itself as hope that one day we'll attain these dreams. Sometimes we've attained those dreams and it's given us a false sense of security, that drive, what I need, what I want. And, you know, we have this deep inner um, thirst that the things of this world just cannot satisfy. And Jesus says, look, I can give you something that goes deeper than that thirst, something that can truly provide satisfaction more than any external thing ever could. And Jesus, of course, is talking about the Holy Spirit coming into our life, the Holy Spirit coming into us and giving us union with him. Many of you probably remember the interview that Tom Brady gave to 60 Minutes, and Steve Croft gives this famous interview back in 2006. I really hope Brady has matured since that time, but listen to what Tom Brady said. He said, there's times where I'm not the person I want to be. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. What else is there for me? Then Croft asks this question. What's the answer? Brady replies, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Brady acknowledges what we all know. Nothing outside of us that we can go out and achieve will fill that void, will scratch that itch, that will satisfy that deep thirst that only God can satiate. The second person we meet is in John 3, and this is the insider, contrasted to the outsider. I mean, he's the antithesis of this woman. He's a religious leader. He has integrity. He has respect. He is the Jew of all Jews. He's connected and accepted. But notice that Jesus addresses Nicodemus in this story in John 3. He's not near as friendly. Matter of fact, he's pretty abrupt. Nicodemus comes and gives him some complimentary uh, you know, salutations and calls him rabbi. But Jesus comes right out of the gate and says, Look, if you're not born again, if you're not born of above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Such a strange way to start a conversation. And I'm sure probably Nicodemus would be offended by this. I mean, he's the insider. What, I mean, what do you mean, Jesus, I have to be born again? And the Lord is pointing out that we must have supernatural life from above. Now, notice how Jesus changes his method with Nicodemus. Maybe the diagnosis is a little bit different for him. And the woman at the well had a strong sense of being unsatisfied and had used men to try to fill that uh, dissatisfaction in her life. But maybe Nicodemus, his issue was self-satisfaction. He was satisfied in his righteousness, satisfied in his status. He had achieved a lot of his hopes and his dreams and his goals and had false satisfaction, so to speak. And so this metaphor of birth flips this on its head. You know, when you're born, you don't really contribute anything to your birth. It's really a gift that's given to you, the life that you have, this new birth. And new birth from above, new birth, supernatural birth that God gives us, is really the same. It's not something we achieve. It's not something we do. It's a gift that comes from God. And it displays our complete dependence on God. The most common sin of our human condition, really, if we think about it, is searching for something other than God for salvation. It's really what we all have a problem with. Now, I want you to think for a minute today. 
The woman met the source of eternal life that day at the well. And why did she come in contact with eternal life? It's because Jesus was thirsty. I mean, the very Son of God, God in flesh, he emptied himself. He became like a servant, humbled himself to the point that he became thirsty. And because he became thirsty, this woman met the very source of living water of eternal life. But you know, this is not the last time in John's gospel that Jesus will be thirsty. If we go back to John 19, 28, we remember that Jesus on the cross says, I thirst. Because of the cross of Christ, because he thirsted, I can be satisfied. Because Jesus cried out in his thirst, today I can be filled with living water. Water that satisfies and water that brings eternal life. Today we all have the same problem. The answer will not come from things outside of us. The answer is the same for the outsider or for the insider. We must have the living water that comes from Jesus. We must be born again. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Christ and Culture Podcast. Hope to see you back next week.